Blog Talk Radio. Armed Forces, the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women of the Police and Fire Services, 
the men and women in medical services and support services that get us through COVID, and also the people that work in the, the um, supermarkets that kept us fed during the, the pandemic. We appreciate each, appreciate each and every one of you. You know, every now and then there's a, a monumental thing happens uh, that everybody should should know about. We'd like to spread some some cheer and some good news. So, uh, Zeke, take it away. Uh, yeah. Uh, hello, everyone. And I just want to announce that my daughter, Taya Brooker Parquet, has graduated high school uh, from Glasgow High. And she has a partial scholarship to go to Greensboro College. So that's my my youngest daughter. Congratulations. So very, Congratulations. Thanks very much. You know, it, it, that's, a, that's a very um, very bright family because, if you remember, his son went uh, went to high school there and then went on to Greensboro College and I believe got his master's degree there. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he did. And, yeah. and now he's working um, um, down in Greensboro. So, uh, and we want to wish uh, wish her a very, very, very happy uh, congratulations and uh, thank you for keeping uh, your dad up on uh, <laughs> current affairs. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> Hi, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing this evening? We're doing great. We're doing great. Good, good. Always good to hear. Just uh, letting you know that uh, Captain Bob has now moved from the from a dinghy to a 27 footer, and he's getting his sea leg. Yeah. So he's now Admiral that, Captain Bob. Bob. That's right. Admiral That's right. Now. Well, well he's, he's married to a full commander. Yeah. Okay. She's yeah. the ship. I'm a first mate at best. Yeah. In sailing, really yeah. there's a term for the fat guys. They're called rail meat. You know, when you're he- heeled <laughs> over a certain direction against the wind, they put the fat guys on the other side. So that's my position. Uh, yeah, we don't want to uh, overstep our bounds there either. Uh, Ty, his, his wife is a captain in the navy. <laughs> oh, what, what, so, oh yeah, did, did she, did, so I get it now. She's skipper, and he, he's Gilligan. He's Gilligan Bob. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the, the size of the skipper, but more like Gilligan, really. <laughs>125ers you'll see. The guy hits devastatingly hard. 
He has tremendous top pressure. He's just a very has phenomenal strength at that weight. And, you know, they both took the fight on three weeks' notice because they both had fights uh, on a card. Both fights went pretty quick. And, you know, they turned around and headlined another card when someone else dropped out three weeks later. So there was some debate about the weight cuts and, and how it affected uh, each fighter. Also, Figueredo uh, claims that going to the hospital the night before the fight. So I think you'll see both guys at their best. But with that said, it went five rounds. And part of the reason why it went five rounds is because Brandon Moreno might be literally one of the most durable fighters I've ever seen in my life. Shots that Figueredo knocks guys cold with, uh, you know, Moreno was taking them. He, was, he, he ate everything Figueredo hit him with. I thought Figueredo was edging the fight. It was really Figueredo's fight. The reason why it was a draw is because he had a, an agreed slow blow that, you know, they took a point away. Um, but with that said, Moreno is capable of beating him because Moreno's, a, you know, has improved his wrestling. He had some well-timed takedowns. Um, but, again, he's going to have to absorb that kind of meat grinder damage from Figueredo. Um, I, I think it'll go five rounds again because both guys are just so tough and durable at the weight. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be as fast-paced as the first fight, though. Okay. Bob, what's your thoughts on the uh, Anasanya fight? Yeah, well, uh, backing up real quick, touch base, I, I agree with everything I said. This will be an, an electric fight because uh, uh, just like you said, uh, Moreno, uh, he takes so many shots, you know, and, and his face, he looks like a totally different man at the end of the fight. So hopefully, uh, uh, you know, uh, he can do better with the wrestling and keep him down. If not, uh, he's going to be looking ugly. But, yeah, Israel Asanya going to Federori. Uh, um, again, I'm going to go with Asanya. I'm on that train right now. He's, he's a bad man, Bajamba. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he's leading the crew. But Vittori, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's a tough competitor as well. So, um, but, like, right now with, with uh, Adesanya on top and, and Nagoro, he's got, like, three, I think, three African champs. And there's rumor that Dana White, wants to put on like a rumble in the jungle type thing and take, take the uh, show down to Africa. So that would be cool. So I, I see Adesanya staying on top. That fight is also a rematch. Vittori and Adesanya fought about five years ago, four or five years ago now. Um, Adesanya won a split decision. The way the fight kind of went was the first two rounds, Adesanya, you know, it was basically on the feet. And Adesanya edged him. Didn't dominate him, but edged him. And last round, Vittoria got the takedown and, and was able to kind of clearly win that round. Um, with that said, out of sign, you want a split decision. It, you know, it looked like it was a pretty clean win for me, but it was a tough, very competitive fight. Um, one thing about Marvin Vittori, he's not great in one area, right? He's solid wrestling, solid striker. Um, but what the guy is is insanely, inhumanly durable. And he has tremendous, typically tremendous cardio. He looked like he faded a little bit against Kevin Holland his last fight. Uh, but he, you know, it was a, a very clinch, wrestle-heavy affair because he kept Kevin Holland uh, on his back because Kevin Holland was, was tagging him on the feet. So uh, this could be very interesting. With Coming off the, the Lehovich loss, people now think they see holes in Adesanya's game. He's not probably as big a favorite as he would be had he defeated uh, Blakovich, obviously, but specifically because uh, Vittori is a pressure guy who uh, is, 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 you know, who's very consistent with his takedown offense. 
and they expect mm-hmm. to have to give Izzy trouble. Kind of like what, what Bob was saying, though. Izzy's pretty good if you come at him. And, you know, Vittori's a little bit better, uh, but Izzy's going to catch him. The fight's really – you're really going to – by the third third round, it's, it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, because, again, Vittori is a very tough competitor, typically really good cardio, and he's one of those guys that stays in your face. So, stylistically, this is a tough matchup. It's just a matter of uh, whether Izzy will outclass him and, and defend the takedown. That's really what it comes down to. Okay. Yeah, and I think Izzy's, you know, grown as a fighter since their, last, their first meeting, too, so – Vittori's really got to bring that pressure. And you know what? The other thing, too, is Vittori, even though he's aggressive, high pace, he doesn't present the physical threat that Blahovich did. And I'm not just talking about with his takedowns. But like Blahovich was the Blahovich fight in certain ways was similar to to uh, Izzy's fight with Yara uh, Romero, in which the, the power and the countering ability of the other fighter kept Izzy's offense stalled a little bit. Vittori uh, is not that guy. He, he has like one knockout in his career, um, and he's not as you know an adept counter puncher as a Blahovich or uh, a Romero. Definitely not as powerful. But their power kept Izzy's offense in his pocket a little bit. He couldn't strike because of the way they would counter. Doesn't have to worry about that with Vittori. Mm-hmm. Hey Z, I have a question for you. Um, the Logan Paul Mayweather fight to me it looked oh, wow. like. <laughs> I know I'm opening up a can of worms, but to me it looked like he he uh, put uh, Paul to sleep that kept him kept him uh, held up for a, a couple minutes. Did you did you see that? Uh, uh, I I didn't watch it. I didn't oh, okay. watch it. I read about it, but but I I, I didn't uh, I, I couldn't bring myself to really do it. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I couldn't do it. It's it's to me. Yeah. There's no. I mean, I like watching competitive fights, and right. I mean, on paper is one thing, and people say, "Well, this guy is taller, and he has this, and he has that." I've been in a ring with six foot nine guys, and that that doesn't make a difference. Two hundred fifty pounds. That doesn't make a difference. If you know what you're doing, then I mean. It's it's the scientist in the rocket ship. You know, the mm-hmm. rocket ship looks more imposing and, you know, it's bigger and stronger and faster than the little old scientist. But the scientist can send the rocket ship in orbit because the scientist mm-hmm. knows what it's doing. And that's mm-hmm. essentially with, with that Floyd Mayweather and Jake Paul, you know, that amounted to. Mm-hmm. So I, I know, you know, what, you the- know it's... The biggest thing to come out of that spectacle for the sport of boxing um, was was Jared Hurd losing a 12-round decision to Louis right. Arias on the undercard, a 10-round decision. That was the biggest yeah. thing. He was going in his 7-1 favorite. Arias had, like, lost his last fight and in, in drawing the fight before that. And, uh, you know, and Hurd lost that fight and lost that fight cleanly, cleanly in spite of the decision. Um, and, you know, Hurd has not been the same. You know, he's had two fights since he lost his title to Julian Williams. And he, he seems like he's in between styles a bit. And he looked, he looked right. awfully flat in that fight. So it's funny because I watched the card. I watched that, the Logan Paul-Floyd Mayweather fight. was. I mean, if you're looking for action, it was a stinker. You know, it was mm-hmm. a smaller guy outclassing the bigger guy. That's all it was. Um, mm-hmm. But the big guy was 
smart and wily enough to not get beat up just by knowing how to clinch. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the perspective of the card, what really got lost in the shuffle because of the spectacle was that to the sport of boxing, there was a huge result. You know, Jared Hurd being upset, Great. talking Great. about he wanted the winner of Jamel Charlo and uh, Brian Castano unification. Him being upset was huge in the sport of boxing. So uh, mm-hmm. that was the thing I paid most attention to. He looked, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, know, if you were able to see that fight, but he looked, he looked flat. He, looked, he just didn't look good at all. Well, and, and what I think, you know, totally is Hurt, he, he's, he's been exposed. I mean, it's mm. as simple as that. Hurt, he, he, he fights like a heavyweight. I mean, he's, he's bigger than the guys he fights, but he fights more or less like he is. And that's what he relies on a lot of times. It hurts to go through guys. And as I say, it, 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 the rocket, the scientists in the rocket ship again. Heard, I mean, yeah. when you have a guy who can go ahead and dissect you and take you apart calmly, then, then I mean, you, you have to, I mean, you just can't rely on size and, and strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, Heard, he has some, you know, he has some skills. He has, a, he has a pretty good punch arsenal, um, but for defense, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he's, he's there to be hit. Uh, footwork, he's there to be, you know, maneuvered. I mean, I like her, and he, he, you know, but he's, I mean, he's big, and he's not big in the sense of a heavyweight. You have, a, you know, you're going to run the guys, you know, around your size, probably smaller, but you know, who, who are really, really skilled and tough. And Julian Williams is extremely skilled. I mean, people, you know, they think about... Uh, He's extremely skilled. (laughs) And and the thing is, with Julian, did he ate a couple of pretty good shots from her, but he didn't really get hit with anything substantial. And he stopped Hurd's work rate. He stopped, you know, Hurd, he's a downhill fighter from the beginning. And, you know, he got maneuvered, he got countered, he got... Laddie, I mean, Julian kind of did what he wanted, and to, that exposed him. That simple as that. That exposed him. To me. You know what? So, I, I typically don't like to use the word exposed, but you don't have a very good point in, in a couple different elements. Number one, like Antonio Margarito, different fighters, but very much like Antonio Margarito, Jared Hurd is a downhill fighter, and you take the one of my favorite class, uh, you know, recent classics is. Antonio Margarito's first fight with Miguel Cotto. Miguel Cotto, brilliant technique all throughout the fight, you know, slipping and moving and dodging and dipping. Uh, but because he was doing that, it allowed Margarito, even he, though he was catching shots and not hitting Cotto, Cotto as often or as cleanly, it still allowed him to build his momentum and come downhill. When he fought Shane Mosley, what Shane Mosley did is he would back off and slip and slide, but he would also tie Margarito up, push him back, Outwork him on the inside because his hands are start, you know, his arms are shorter, his hands are quicker, and you know what? That's kind of what Julian Williams did. He backed off, but he put step two, Jared Hurd, and when you step two, Jared Hurd, you smother his work rate because he's not as technically good as you are, and his hands aren't as fast as you are. That's what Arias did. Arias was ripping him with combination. Jared Hurd, first of all, he, you know, he, he was begging so much for the right. I thought he was going to ask for a left because. Arias could miss with the right hand. Mm-hmm. And part of mm-hmm. it is because her, her is very lackadaisical, lackadaisical defensively. He takes a great shot, 
But the, tip, the thing is, is, when you're allowing him to come downhill and just kind of trying to outbox him, then you allow him to build that momentum and punch and attack at his preferred range. But when you step to guys like that, it discombobulates their offense because technically they're not, like Cito said, not quite as astute as you. They're the Rockets, and at the same time, now they're at a, typically a hand-speed disadvantage as well. So, you know, expose is a good word because I think the game plan on him and how to fight him has been exposed. Not everyone's going to be able to execute, but you know, the way to beat him is out there now, definitely. The... Uh... Um, Bob, what do you think? Uh, Bellator had a uh, had a um, neophyte come into to, um, their, their arena this week in uh, Clarissa Shields, and boy, she it, does it mean that uh, the way she took care of um, um, what's the name uh, Winsby, um does that mean that uh, Cyborg and all the ladies of MMA have uh, have somebody to deal with now? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, she she came out and clearly won all five rounds, you know. So um, did really good. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know who, what next for her, but yeah, Cyborg might be on next on deck. Mm-hmm. I uh, so I watched the fight, and and uh-huh. actually, like I don't know if you guys watched the fight. Um, Clarissa uh-huh. Shields is she's not ready for anybody. She, she clearly lost the first two rounds. She was taken down. She was mounted. She was put in an arm bar. Um, her grappling and, and takedown defense is nil right now. It's very, very novice level. Um, the problem, though, is Clarissa Shields, first of all, she's got a couple things going for her. What she proved in that fight was that she's very resilient because, again, the girl took her down, had her mounted the first round, had her in a quick arm bar, then had her mounted the second round. Uh, raining down punches, and, and she survived all that. You know, she wasn't doing the right things with hip escapes and everything, but she survived that. Then she came out in the third round. The girl went to take her down. She defended the takedown and pounded this girl out. So her cardio held up. So that was, that, you know, so there were a couple really, again, great. I, I, her grappling and her takedown defense was what I expected. What I was surprised about was how well her cardio held up. Her athleticism is, is a different level. She is crazy athletic compared to even the Amanda Nunes and Cyborgs. You can just see that. She's just much more twitchy, much more explosive than even Amanda or Cyborg. Uh, the other thing, too, is, you know, here's the thing. She, she's, she's going to go back to boxing. She's going to be going back and forth. And so I think that's going to kind of hamper her development and her striking. But let me tell you, let me tell you, as far as striking in MMA, whether it be a man or a woman, I have never seen anyone in a cage hands fire off like that. And I'm talking, they, you could. I love Anderson Silva. I love all these guys that can throw hands, right? I, I, I love that. Um, but guess what? I mean, as far as fire, she throws fastballs, man. She throws. I mean, her hands are quick. She throws combinations, head and body, like her striking. And, and, and you know what? And just seeing her, you could literally see the difference between a, a gold medalist boxer and, and the finest MMA practitioner and, and just their hands and just a boxing standpoint. Her boxing is insanely good. Um, and you know what? She throws heat. 
Now, because she throws that kind of heat, those kind of combinations, it's going to leave her vulnerable for takedowns. So once she really learns, you know, the game, and again, she's like 24, and Bob will tell you, when you're 24 years old and you're just picking this up, you'll come back the next fight and you'll be significantly better. You're still a canvas that can grow. So, you know, maybe in a, you know, a couple of years, we could mention her in that, you know, with the Amanda Nunes and the cyborgs. But she fought a girl with a losing record. And she had to rally to win. She lost the first two rounds. But what what she was bad at was to be expected. There were to me, there I was impressed. I was simply because this is a gold medalist boxer who was taken down and grounded and pounded for two rounds, and she came out and her cardio was great. Like this is not a grappler. Her cardio was like it held up, so that surprised me. And a grapple had the affair. Once this chick really learns takedowns, and, and, you know, I think the biggest thing, again, that's going to hamper her is that she's still going to focus on boxing. And boxing and MMA striking are a little different. You know, the stances are a little different. And she, she was standing with her base a little wider to defend takedowns, but her hands are going to be a problem now. If people can't get her down, she is going to be dangerous. Mm. She's got a ways to go, though. Very new. She's got a ways to go. Great. Awesome. Hey, Bob, we, we didn't even talk about the return of Nate Diaz against yeah, Leon uh, Edwards. I know. I, I wanted to throw that out. That's what I was just going to bring up. Uh, yeah. That's going to be amazing, bringing Nate back in, giving him, getting him back on the roster and stuff. So, uh, and Leon against Edwards, the number three ranked welterweight, in, against the number three ranked welterweight in the UFC, I bet. Yeah, so that's phenomenal, and then so we'll see how that plays out because Leon is no joke, you know. I mean, he right. he, uh, he earned his position and stuff. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of like you know pulling Connor or or pulling uh, 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 shit, whatever Jones, you know, again or something for a heavyweight shot or you know a title shot. They're not really giving yep. Diaz the title shot, but they're pulling him in against the number three rank. So that's great, you know, because I don't even think Diaz is listed on the top ten. And you know the fact that that if Diaz wins this fight, that he would get the title shot because he would oh, yeah. take out the n- number three ranked guy. The only the only people above him would be uh, it's Kobe Covington and oh, yeah. I think maybe Stephen Wonderboy Thompson maybe. But it literally those two. Um, it, it'd be a fresh fight, and Diaz is the money guy. That's why Diaz could, could come back off of – he hasn't fought since he got destroyed by Jorge Masvidal. Um, but, again, he was he was coming on when a guy cut, you know, stopped on cuts. But that's why he could come back off of literally two-year break and fight the number three-ranked guy because he's Nate Diaz. He's popular. He put the butts in buckets um, and put the money in the UFC's coffers. So if he beats the number three guy, which I don't think he is, you know, could be entertaining because they did make it a five-round fight, even though it's a non-title fight. And, you know, Diaz does have great cardio, but so does Leon. Leon Edwards is going to carve him up, I believe. I honestly do. Um, and, and it could get stopped on cuts. But either way, if he were to beat Leon Edwards, the number three ranked guy, and he has a chance, right? Um, Leon Edwards historically is not great with pressure. So if he were to beat this guy, there's no way on earth he wouldn't jump over Kobe Covington and get that title shot against Susan. Too much money. Oh, yeah. And the problem with Nate, though, I mean, I love seeing him back. But, again, just like you said, there's just too much scar tissue in his face. And he don't usually yeah. get warmed up until he takes a beat. And he, 
you know, like he usually will throw the first two rounds. That's why he always asks for the five because he's, he's yep. got that great cardio and he'll go in it. But the thing is anymore by the third, he usually bleeds, you know? And so yeah. uh, I see it, I see it getting stopped on a cut too. Um, that's just unfortunate, but, uh, cause you know, you never know. I mean, you know, the, both the as brothers are stick on the ground as well. So, and they don't usually play that. So, uh, it depends on where it goes, but you know, uh, uh, Nate's going to want to keep it standing up. And, and Leon, you know, again, uh, Nate's got that unorthodox style, but Leon's got, uh, the, the, I'd say, the more, uh, the better, better uh, striking skill on the feet, you know. And you know what? Leon is a murderer in the clinch. His, like, his clinch elbows are crazy. And that's where I can see him cutting Nate up. Because, he, I yeah. mean, off the break, in the clinch, his elbows, like, he, like that's one of his best weapons. Um, the other thing, too, is Nate, who historically is a lightweight, right, when he's moved mm-hmm. up to welterweight, he's historically had issues with the strength and size of those guys. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically, if you think about his fight with Roy McDonald back in the day, like Roy just kind of yep. manhandled him. Uh, he's typically mm-hmm. always had issues with wrestlers, even that lightweight, that you know, the, the Benson Henderson. Um, but at welterweight particularly, he's usually at a strength disadvantage. Even though he's as big as some of those guys, um, from a you know a range point, he's always been a lightweight, and, and when he's moved up to welterweight, he's typically uh, just not been strong enough um, and not well rounded enough in the game, in his game actually. And so uh, you know a wrestling heavy approach by Leon Edwards would get booze from the crowd, but it could be the, the you know path of least resistance for him. That, that's what gotta I gotta watch out for that jujitsu, like like Bob was saying. Gotta watch out for Nate jujitsu though. Nick is, I mean, and Nate is slick on the ground. He's slick on the yeah. ground, but that's the only place he's slick at. One thing, and I have to say is, you can't. I mean, you, you, UFC is different than boxing. You can't always rely on being able to take a punch. No, no. Uh, and and the, the thing is this, Nate isn't explosive. It takes him a minute to get warmed up. Once he's warmed up and and he's not getting like dominated, laid on, or leg kicked, or leg punched, and I mean, he's going to bring it downhill. But it takes he's another downhill guy, yep. And it, 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 it takes him a minute to get warmed up, but within that minute, he's he's usually getting the, the worst of the business. Uh, against when once he moves up in competition. Sometimes wait. Um, and that's the thing. When, I mean, you, it, Nate's been through so much. He's been through, like, every fight for him is a war. And yeah. not as much of the scar tissue that I'm worried about. It's the chin. It's the chin. He's and, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's 36 in every fight. There's been a war since early. I mean, that's his style. Um, so, I mean, that's what I worry about. If you, you I did a guy who's more explosive and, and who's, who's but more or less naturally bigger. Um, that that's what you know, simple as that. He, I mean, I could see him getting wrestled just you know, because that's the safest approach. Uh you have to be careful but you're not dealing with his striking and you're keeping him from going downhill. He's not he's not fighting his type of fight. Um but I mean you just you know, I just worry about before he gets warmed up. You can't just keep being a you know, a chin tough guy. It, it, eventually it catches up to you in boxing. In MMA, you, you get knocked out. And, I mean, I've seen Nate take 
three pretty good leg kicks to the head before the fourth one put him to sleep. Or put him I remember watching him that fight not with sleep. you, Zito. I don't know if you remember that fight, Bob Gilstrap. That was Josh Thompson against Nate Diaz. He kicked Nate kicking. Diaz in the head three times. And the fourth one finally wobbled him enough to, for Josh to get the fight stopped. But three yeah. times, and it was like, all right, eventually you might want to do something about that. You might want to keep those hands up, slip, dock, something. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah Nate doesn't do that, though. That's the whole thing. Nate, he'll, he'll fight with his hands down, telling you, come on. He'll walk up on you with his hands down. He'll walk up on you with his hands down. I mean, yeah. at times he'll put his hands up. But Nate, I mean, once the fight, you know, once he gets hit, you know, not even the fight warmed up. Once he gets hit, he gets in his mode. And, I mean, that, that's, I have a feeling that is just going to cost him. Maybe not this fight, but the next fight, he's a, he's a money fight. magnet, as you say. He's a money magnet, as you say. So he's going to get fights against, you know, pretty good, you know, maybe not the top, top level guys, but guys right there that's going up there. And that's, as I say, that's, that's a problem. I'm going to miss the Diaz boys when they're gone, man. I really have always, always enjoyed watching them fight. If you guys have not seen it, just go back YouTube. Paul Daly versus Nick Diaz strike. Mm. It's, I mean, one Not round, God. but wow, what just what freaking five minutes of action? Um, I've always enjoyed these guys, man. But uh, but you know, their style has their limitations. It really does. And now that these guys are getting older and less active, obviously, you know, Bob talked about this just a few weeks ago, how the door climbs. Eventually, like you know, said, like Bob said a few weeks ago, your chin will crack eventually. Yeah, you just don't have the chin after 40 that you did underneath. You know what I mean? And as you start to age, I mean, I, you know, I wasn't the brightest guy. I'd take, you know, I'd, I'd let guys tire themselves out taking shots to the dome. You know what I mean? Then it'd be my turn. And then, not not a good uh, strategy going into the later years of any kind of striking sport, you know. I'm going to let yeah. you get tired beating on me before, you know. No, not the best call. AZ, <laughs> hey, hey, um, Bob Arum uh, this week uh, said there are way too many of these exhibition things that it's taken up a lot of time. But then he turns around and they, they announce that uh, uh, Hector Camacho Camacho uh, is going to fight uh, – um, Julio uh, Caesar Chavez uh, next weekend. Uh, you know what? What's the, what's the story on this? Yeah, it's Junior. Well, yeah. obviously, Junior Senior's dead. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. if he was like was Senior, then I, I turned to him for that. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, exhibition for what? I thought both of them had their license. I thought both well, of them were official. You know. Well, you know, Chavez oh, okay. fought a couple of exhibitions with Jorge Arce, uh, and he was doing this before Tyson. Like, he had been doing, like, he fought these exhibitions in Mexico. He's been doing it for, you know, like I said, this might be his third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see, I don't, I don't, I just don't It's just an exhibition, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, you know I mean, what else is on that card, though? <laughs> what? Well, so so that card is headlined by the, the you know Chavez uh, Senior Macho Junior uh, exhibition, but on that card is uh, Chavez Junior against Anderson Silva, 
in that boxing match. That oh. was that same card. What? Well, I mean, that's not an exhibition. That my is prediction? not an exhibition. <laughs> my prediction is one one Chavez loses and one Chavez wins. <laughs> that's my the simple my that. One, is one fight one might loses. not have a decision. So I don't know if they're having a de- I don't know if they're judges and and then there could be, but I don't know. About the one fight. But yeah, one he's gonna knock Anderson Silva out. No, he's gonna knock Anderson out. One fight's not gonna need judges. No judges. No judges. I mean, first of all, I'm right, even right now, Anderson has nothing to to, to put Big Chavez asleep. With bo- and he's especially bigger. He's with, with boxing threat. Who? Anderson. I mean, yeah, Anderson's Anderson, a little he, bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, Chavez, yeah, but Chavez. Chavez, you you said I'm. Crazy, please. Yeah, yeah, Junior. The thing is, Junior. I mean, he's he's he, people see his work ethic, and like we should, and you know, speedos, Cheerios, and weed. You know, during yeah, camp. Him. Yeah. And and I mean, he, we see that, but when it, I mean, I, I also see him against Andy Lee. And he has skills. The guy has skills. He got kills. And he has skills, especially when he's when he feels comfortable to let his hands go. Anderson right now is not slick like he used to be. I mean, he, even you know, he, he was slick for any for a human being. You know, forget boxing for a fighter. He was slick. Period. Um, he's not that anymore. Uh, he doesn't have that timing anymore. And he's transferring sports. And I've talked about this before. I mean, you, you're, you're, you're going to boxing. I understand the money's in boxing, but for goodness sake, all credit to Clarissa Shields, all credit to James Toomey, those who, from, as, as a boxer, especially of popularity, who went over and fought MMA, who yep. went over and, and, and did that challenge. I mean, as I said, I know the money's in boxing, so it's you know the, the fights are going to gravitate there. But you know, it, I mean, if you're going to do it, you know, have it going to go both ways or don't have it at all to me. You know, just the crossing of sports. I mean, if you're putting essentially amateurs in with. Well, you know, Anderson people. always said he wanted to box. He always said he, he wanted, wanted to box. box. With Jones. that said, with with that said, he you know his boxing record is one and one. Um, he hasn't obviously had a boxing match in years. Chavez Jr. actually said, "Yeah, I'm surprised he, you know, he 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 agreed to fight me. I'm surprised he'd want to fight me. <laughs> um, you know, he's a little bigger than me, but you know, he said I, I should be able to go in there and, you know, yada yada yada. Um, which he will. Oh, I, yeah, I believe yeah, he's yeah. going to absolutely destroy Anderson Silva. With that said, <laughs> Anderson Silva in his prime was like the closest thing I had ever seen to a live action." real life version of Bruce Lee. Like when he was in his prime, you talk mm-hmm. about hit and not get hit or kill or be killed. He was the guy who could evade and consistently find the kill shot. Like he wasn't mm-hmm. a guy who was overwhelming you with offense. He would make you miss and find the kill shot consistently. Um and I, I've never Griffin. seen anything like that. And I, I don't know, oh, Forrest Griffin, God. And I, I don't think I'll ever see anything like that again, you know, people compare Izzy. Izzy's a good fighter, but Izzy, yeah. there, there wasn't that gulf 
there isn't that gulf with Izzy like there was with Anderson. Anderson, to me, was a really special striker. Um, but even in that, you could see he didn't have great boxing. Um, you know, he, he fought with his chin up. It's just that he could have mm-hmm. made everything. His reflexes and timing were so good. Um, now he doesn't have that. And just like, you know, great boxers and a lot of great fighters who relied on their, their, their athletic abilities but not so much their technique, well, they still try to do that, but they don't have it. They're off by a millisecond. They're, they start to get clipped and knocked out. Now he's boxing a guy who we called an underachiever who won the world title. A guy who won the world title is looked at as an underachiever because he was. So we're talking Mm -hmm. at worst, this guy is a world-class fighter. In his prime, Mm -hmm. he was a world-class top five fighter at least, even though he had soft opposition for the most part. Mm -hmm. When the guy stepped up, he stepped up outside of Sergio Martinez. It wasn't until he really moved up to light heavyweight and kind of stopped making weight and really mm. went off the rails after Sergio Martinez. But the fact mm. of the matter is the worst of this guy is going to destroy Anderson Silva. And, and, and I mean, there's just no two ways around. I like, I, I, you know what the funny thing is? Is the commission, they, they always disqualify fights. A lot of times fights, are, are scheduled to be made, and the commission says, hey, no, these guys aren't comparable in skill level. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this. A few years back, I forgot who, Golov- or when Canelo had that positive drug test, and the Golovkin fight was off, and Golovkin still wanted to fight. He ended up fighting mm-hmm. Dennis Matarosian. Yep. But Jaime Munguia, who at the time was like 23-0 and with 20 knockouts, Jaime Munguia was offered that fight. He hadn't fought at 160. He had only fought at 154, but he was offered that fight. And the commission said, no, you know, Jaime Munguia is young. He's not ready for this fight. So they didn't sanction that fight. He ended up fighting Vanis Metarosi. So what commission would go ahead and say, you know what? Yeah, mm-hmm. Anderson Silva could fight Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. You know what commission? It's in Mexico, that commission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, guys, we're joined by another member of our staff, uh, uh, Benny the Big Dog Henderson. Big Dog. Benny. What's up, my brothers? One another mothers. <laughs> you know, our mothers had problems. Our mothers had problems giving birth to us because we're all crazy. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, Father's Day is coming up in a few weeks. Oh, I want you all guys to know, man. Love you guys. Happy Father's Day. If you're not a dad, be a dad. Benny, you have a you have a program coming up on Friday night. Did you want to tell everybody about that? Uh, no, I don't. I want to talk about my sex life. But um, listen, oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. That'll take about two but seconds. I, what else is going? Two <laughs> seconds. You been Sherry been talking to Butch? <laughs> no, listen. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna show. my mind went blank. <laughs> We're having a great show coming up next week, man. We're gonna pay homage to the one and only Bob Scooter Carroll, man. My grandson is named after him, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Bob Carroll was my best friend, my brother. He brought me to radio, and, and I think he regretted it. And like, really, Benny? <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're going to have a show to our program. Um, 
Butch is going to run the board. I'm too retarded to do that. Can I say, can I say retarded? It's not PC yep. or not? Okay. That's anyway, we're going to have a great show honoring Bob, and you could all call in and be part of it. Let's just talk about Bob. It's, you know, it's, it's 10 years since he's been gone. He's not forgotten. Wow. Not forgotten Never. whatsoever. He is still a big part of my life. Uh, still a big part of everybody's life, man. And um, so y'all tune in. But listen, I want to talk about Aaron Carter and Lamar Odom, the real boxing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah I everybody. That too. Forget about everybody. Listen, man, come on, dude. What is going on in this world toward boxing now? It's like celebrities and come on. Six we are ten. looking. We need a new mic. And it was horrible. That was horrible. That was a joke. If I ever saw one. Well, you know, Lamar was actually one and one. He got knocked out by a Kardashian. So Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm biggest curious, man. What is going on with this boxing where we're more involved in celebrities fighting? I mean, it, it's really nuts, man. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know what to say. I just lost my train of thought. One of the things they say, Benny, is that the reason why they think this happens is because boxing doesn't make the fights that the fans want to see. What do you think about that? You know, I agree with that because the sanctioning body is now we got like a golden title and a a, a silver title and and all that, right? Mm -hmm. There's too many damn belts. There's too many damn belts. And, and and the problem is these organizations, they put people in here we don't we don't give a damn about. But they want to like, oh, you can't fight this guy. They say, this guy, you got to have like three these three fights till you win this belt. There's too many damn belts, and there really is. It's been too many damn belts mm-hmm. forever. And the, the problem is is that there's not good fights put out anymore. We need a new Mike Tyson. I said it, and I mean it. I don't. Mike Tyson was not one of the best sellers in the world. One of my favorites ever. He was, but he brought he brought people to he brought people. Come on now, we they all did. wanted to see fight. I mean, we need somebody like that. But we need the the problem is face social media has ruined mm. everything. It has ruined everything because. Let me tell you something. I play Madden every damn day. I play Call of Duty. Nobody pays me means. But I'm just saying that they, they're, all about, they're all about the next big thing. The next big thing should be fighting. It, it, it should be something great. It, 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 Mayweather just did what he did. He helped that dude up. It was BS. Stop paying for this BS. Stop putting your hands in this. We need we got a lot of great fighters out there, guys, and you know it. Yeah. You all know yeah. it. They, they should be involved. But, no, we're all, about, we're all about celebrities. We're all about, oh, who gets the most hits? Yeah. Jake, Jake Paul made more money doing, doing what Pacquiao and Spence do. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And you're exactly right. Mm. I hate Jake Paul. But let me tell you something. <laughs> I, 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 
I cannot fault him. I mean, can you fault him? Because look what he's doing. I mean, dude, he's like a man. I gotta go to work Monday. That's bull crap. And I was a fighter, not very good. But damn, this is bull. You know what? I want to fight Mayweather. No, not really. But I'm just saying. It's bullcrap that we worry more about hits on your social media accounts, and that's how you're getting fight. It's not how good you are as a fighter. It's how many hits, it's how many hits you get on your social media account. That's the bullcrap. It has made people crazy. These kids are crazy. TikTok, all this, you know, bullcrap. They're not fighters. They're not fighters. Jake Paul, he's nothing. Mayweather carried him. Mayweather could. Mayweather's not a good artist, but he could. He could have knocked him out. He could have, but he carried him because there's no losers. And I'm tired of it, man. I'm so tired of all this BS. You know what we need? We need a. New, I'm telling you guys, we need a new sanctioned body. Get rid of all this BS. Yeah. You know, silver titles, right titles, and all this BS, and start something better. Because there are some great fighters. There are some young fighters out there who deserve what Logan Paul has got. Yeah, Logan, Paul is Logan Paul is poop on my feet. It's bull crap. Now, I will, I will borrow a monkey from him. I'm just telling you, I will. But I'm, <laughs> it's, it's, BS. it's BS, man. There's a lot of great fighters out there. So what do y'all think about Cleister uh, you know, Shields, man, when her fight? We just talked about I, you know what, man? Yeah. I, I was her hands look dynamic. I mean, compared to an MMA fighter, her hands are really another level. She shores her takedown defense up and proves her grappling. She's young enough to do so. Her cardio held up. I was actually, it, it, I was pretty impressed because it, first two rounds, I really thought she was going to lose, but when she came out and her cardio was looking good in the third round, I, I was like, she still got a chance, and she throws heat. More heat than I've seen a guy throw an MMA. She's so, uh, and she's young, you know. And, and when you're young, you can improve in, by leaps and bounds. I just, again, like I was telling the team earlier, I think the thing that will hamper her most is that she'll still be boxing, so she won't be focusing on MMA striking. And I think it, you know, could hamper her in the takedown defense. But I thought, and she you're was, right, I was impressed. Yeah, and you're right. There is there is a difference. There is a big difference with boxing. Striking and MMA striking. It, it really is. Because you, yep. in boxing, you don't got to worry about legs and takedowns. When it comes to you know, MMA, you get all great punch, but you got to work on your takedowns and your defense. But hey, man, I'm all for her. I am all for her. I don't know what she does. I mean, Bob, you wanna, we need Bob, the you want to uh, chime in on this about the, the stances and everything? Me? Yeah. Yeah. So, first off, thanks for bringing up the, your freaking Paul brothers or whatever. I just love them so much. And, and, and I just, uh, uh, you know, I want just hoping all, you know, just like Z, all of our listeners, like, don't give these clowns any money. Don't tune into this stuff. There's a lot more deserving people out there. But anyway, yeah, even when I'm teaching class, uh, you know, you, the boxers sometimes, you know, they'll even have uh, – what I would call like a heel to heel stance or almost like a uh, martial art type stance uh, where they bring that right leg or their, their dominant leg all the way back and their heels are in line. 
um, versus kickboxing, you know what I mean? You want to bring that out, you know, kind of shoulder width. It's a little bit different. You know, you're going to have that different stance because, again, you, you, you can't uh, create power with your leg uh, over your own hips. You need those open hips. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to really get those hips there. So if yeah. you've got that leg way behind in that martial arts style, and there's a few, you know, and, and when you're going through the levels and you're teaching at gyms, you've got these guys that are black belt in taekwondo or karate, and they try to take kickboxing, and, and they want to just keep doing what they're doing and trying to prove that they're good at what they do. Like, we get it. But if it was that good, you'd be wonder boy. You're not. You know what I mean? Go to a different state. You're right, you know? right. You know, you're, you're not you're not that guy. So, because uh, right now you're just doing the snap kicks and you're hurting people. It's not it's not in a you know hurt like win a fight. You're just snapping and you're not cutting. Penetrating. And, yeah, yeah, you're, you're not, not penetrating. penetrating. You're not doing any real damage. You're just oh, enough that someone ducks. You know, you can open an eye or or cut. You know what I mean? Because you do those slap kicks. But anyway, yeah. you want those hips open. You're separating those uh, your stance a bit because, again, that way you can open those feet and really throw that, that power hip across. It's just in, in martial arts, it's more about points. So they snap for speed, but there's no power. Muay Thai, you're going for power. Um, yes, boxing, again, you're, you're dropping everything back, and you're worried about those hands. You know, and, and like I, I – you, you always, you know, you're thinking 50-50 on your feet. But, like, I try to tell people in boxing, you you know, you can lean back a little bit more and go, like, to a, you know, a 70-30 off that back leg. A lot of people like to play off that back leg. But in kickboxing, yep. not the best idea. You, you know what I mean? Um, because in kickboxing, if, if, you know, you do kind of want to be 50-50, but you want to think kind of 60 40 because you want to be able to bring that front leg up and check and you know your your feet your legs are meant to defend your legs your hands defend defend your face you know and that's and when you get people reaching for kicks ooh, love that stuff but anyway you're exactly right man um now have you guys watched the new uh, mike tyson documentary on hulu i have not yeah there's a new there's there's a new um mike tyson documentary on hulu and it's about all his good and bad. I'm talking about everything. It's, it's extremely well. I love Mike Tyson as a fighter. I actually, actually, he called me N-word one time during an interview, but I'm not going to get into that because yeah. it hurt my feelings. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I love Mike. Mike, Mike, man, he scared people. And uh, I got to tell you this before I get off here. When he, it, it talks about him fighting Spinks. Remember he fought Spinks? Yeah. Years ago, I was in Ohio when Lehman Brewster when it was close to his last fight. And there, we were sitting there, and there's this old black man. I cannot remember his name to save my life, but he actually worked with Spinks and all these people. And they were like, hey, uh, he was sitting there, and Mike was fixing, you know, Mike was fixing to fight Spinks. And the trainer called, <laughs> called this guy and goes, hey, man, uh, Spinks don't want to go out. He was like, What? He was so afraid of Mike Tyson to go out and fight him. And he's like, what are you talking about? He goes, listen, man, tell him to go out there. He's like, he's already laced up. I mean, he was so afraid, and he doesn't got knocked the, the deal is fear. You put fear in yeah. people's hearts. And that's what Mike did. And that's what um, Kalisha Shields, man, she, I'm scared. I'm, not, I'm scared of her. I'm scared of her. I was never scared of Ronda Rousey. I think she was just a, um, not a bad fighter to me wrong. But um, like a a sale, you know, they sell they sold her, they sold her very well. Good point. And yeah, um, I agree. But still, 
the, the deal is, uh, he's right. We need, we we got a lot of great fighters out there, young, productive, and very good. They we should be selling those guys and girls. Uh, you know, I'll. I don't know, I'm just tired of the whole. Now listen, unless I get a deal to like be a, like a celebrity because I am a F celebrity to fight somebody, you know. F celebrity. <laughs> I am the only guy in. I'm the only guy in this town who has talked to Mike Tyson, Riddick Bowe, and I actually fought under. I fought under Shannon Briggs. I'm a damn celebrity. I'm trying. I'm a. I'm an F celebrity. I have signed two autographs. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's crazy. Now, listen, uh, did y'all see where J.D. Chapman came back? He's 30 and 0 now. I remember J.D. Chapman. Yeah, but J.D. and Nathan Chapman, he was a big-ass white boy from uh, Arkansas. Um, country bumpkin. He used to be trained by Michael Moore. Okay. No, I, didn't, I, I don't, I'm not familiar. Mm-hmm. Heavyweight. Yeah. Look, look at yeah, heavyweight. He's like six foot six, six foot seven. Oh wow! And uh, he's over like three hundred pounds now, because you know he's been off for years. Thirteen, thirteen year layoff. Oh, he came wow. back on a four day notice. A four day notice to beat some UFC guy in boxing, and uh, mm. Michael Moore is actually his trainer when he first came out, and. Uh, a big dude, and like I said, why did he uh, point, why did he take such a hiatus, Benny? Because his um his his manager at that time, who was also manager of uh, Shannon Briggs, um, they try to do you know it's dirty, it's a dirty sport. Yeah, and, yeah. I'm sorry for my dog barking, but um, yeah, there was some BS, and he said, you know, I'm done with it, and he just he was ranked, he was ranked like the WBL, he was ranked. And uh, they wanted him to fight. Uh, oh Lord, what's his name? I can see his face. The European dude. He fought uh, Klitschko. Said his toe hurt. David Hay. Yes, sir. Thank you. They wanted him to fight David Hay in Dubai or whatever. He's like, no. The money they're paying me, I'm not going to do it. And I understand because you know it's a gamble. It's a gamble. But uh, he just bowed out for 13 years. He's 38 years old and came back. And um, wow. he's still, but the guy, pretty decent power. I don't, I don't think he'll ever be heavyweight champion, but um, he, he's not bad at all. But a funny story about Michael Moore. You know, Michael Moore was his trainer. This was back in two thousand uh, six, two thousand seven. I met Michael Moore when he, when, the night he fought in Arkansas. Not Michael Moore, but uh, Jay Chapman. And uh, Shannon Briggs fought that night, as well as uh, Jamil Jamil McClain. Oh, they were all building. Yeah, they were all. Yeah, I, I got some stories about Jamil, but they were all building yeah. building back up. So after the fights, man, we go to a bar, and I had I took my two cousins to Arkansas, and they never been to a fight. Well, my cousin did one. So we're sitting there after the fight, man. Shannon Briggs and Michael Moore, they're all in this VIP room, and they said, "Hey, man, y'all come in here." So we went up, we went up there, and we're sitting there. And my cousin, man, he's like I say, he's never been to these big fights, right? 
and they're all drinking. And Macklemore walks up and goes, "Hey, man, I remember you from the fight because he had a shirt with Macklemore and all that, whatever." And he goes, "I'm gonna buy you a beer." <laughs> now my cousin told him I'm gonna buy Macklemore a beer, and he just goes, "He goes, hey man, I just bought Macklemore a beer. It's so awesome." And he, he he smacked me on the back and said, "Hey, what's up? I remember you." And it was really cool. About two hours later, my cousin come up. He goes, "If Michael Moore slaps me back one more damn time, he's gonna knock me out." But the true story, Michael Moore kept getting drunk. You know how you, you you know you don't know your you know. But Michael Moore kept yeah. getting drunk and kept screaming, "Hey, what's up?" And he did. He goes, "If he slaps me one more damn, one more damn time, baby." You might have to help me. I'm like, I ain't doing crap. That's Michael Moore, man. He's being holding I'm not involved in this stuff. But no, JD Chapman, he's not a he's not a bad fighter, not a great fighter. But he's good for the heavyweight division. I don't know how far he'll get, but hey, check him out, man. You know. Cool. But he's not the butterbean of business. But uh and butterbean, Tuesday night fights. We all love. Remember Tuesday night fights. We all loved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. sir. Butterbean killed it. He killed it. It's BS. And my my daughter still laughs at me because I cried when she wasn't around him. But I cried when they took Tuesday night fights off. I'm not gonna lie. I cried like a girl. Or non. I'm sorry. You can't say girl. I cried like a non-binary. I just cried. And. uh <laughs> Just so crazy, man. <laughs> she said I cry like a zeb. <laughs> I'm just saying. And um, girls wow. in sports, you know, it's crazy, man. But anyways, again, I'm gonna get off here. I love you all. Check us out next next week. Um, um, Butch, tell them night. we're gonna do what? Friday night, seven to nine. We're gonna do a, a memorial program to Bob. Yes, sir. Yeah, and you, all you guys are invited, and we're going to have a great time because, in honor of Bob, Bob is the reason why I'm doing this. Bob is the reason why we're all doing this, and he was such yes, a great dude, such a, such a great guy, man. And I miss that dude every day. Last night I got drunk and cried about him, and he would laugh at me. Why are you crying, for, boy? But I used to tell Bob all the time, "Hey, I love you." He, was like, he would never tell me I love. You. He's just like his damn dad, Butch. Right. I talk to Butch all the time. Butch won't tell me he loves me. It hurts my feelings. But I'm just saying. All right. I, I know Butch. You're a big boy. You're a big boy. Wow. Okay. Oh, now, back, back to your response. Now, you're now Butch is calling <laughs> so me So much for empathy, Butch. So much for empathy. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got to cancel culture this damn show because Butch called me fat. <laughs> I'm going to get on. Not yet. <laughs> Yeah, right. But listen, guys, I love you all. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. And thank you all for keeping this show going. Um, I'm going to go in here and swing on my wife with love. And I bet she's knocks me out because you know what? I don't care. Tonight, I only get it once a month, and tonight's the night. Hey, so, buddy, shove in my regards. <laughs> thank you very much. See, guys, this is what Butch is doing, being mean to me. I'm the red-headed, red-headed freckle child step salesman. I am that. I am that. But listen, guys, check out next week. We're going to do a great show for Bob. You all, all you guys are invited. I'm going to take my barking-ass dog in the house now. So y'all do y'all thing. Thanks, Benny. Let's go to the end of our hour. Uh, Ty, you want to lead us out? 
Oh, it's been a great show. Always great to talk to you guys. Butch, you know, I uh, I keep forgetting to tell you, you know, Asia's nickname is actually Scooter. I don't know why I've never that. told you that. Yeah, I, I don't know why I've never told you that. Yeah, her nickname is actually Scooter. Well, as long as we're on that subject, how about bringing us up to date on the baby? Oh, all is well. Thank you for asking. Good. Um, been a great show. Good. Great talking to you guys. Enjoy the fights tonight. Also, boxing wise, Shakur Stevenson fights tonight, so tune in. Um, everyone, take care. Bob is our co pilot. Coach Mel's watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone, have a great week. Bye. Thanks again, as always, guys. Uh, uh, I love chatting with uh, you guys and, and, and listening to the fans. And, and uh, God bless everyone. Have a great week. Enjoy the fights tonight, UFC. Let's go. I want to thank everybody for coming on. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to, to spend an hour with you guys, at least once a week, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we just want to again say that uh, let all our fans know that next Friday night at seven to nine we'll be doing a, a memorial program uh, for Bob Carroll. Uh, Bob was the president of uh, of Fighting Words, um, and uh, he was the um, it was a great guy. Uh, that's a, that's the best I can say. Uh, and I know that uh, Ty and, and uh, Zito know all about it because they grew up together, and uh, the friendship that uh, has uh, has grown out of that uh, out of the two of them, and and the, the parents uh, intermingling and, and the families intermingling, has just been a fantastic uh, thing for our family. Um, ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every day of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces and the men and women police and fire services the men and women on the front line of COVID, as well as those nice people at the, at the supermarkets that kept us fat and during the season. Uh, these programs are dedicated to those who lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Kelcap, Sergeant Thomas Bainger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yaswitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Handler, Lieutenant Mike Zerbert, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Anafo Crispin, Lakeland PD, Chief Al Hogan, Wilmington Police Department. Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Lozaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Mike, excuse me, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Robert Germain, Windermere, Florida Police Department. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Patrolman Charlie Connett, Tarpon Springs Police Department. Hillsborough Deputy County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Kotloff. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. Patrolman uh, Sergeant uh, Rodney Bond, Delaware State Police. Corp- uh, Captain uh, Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Ardeth Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. FDLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio, Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Boward, Patrol uh, Officer, uh, Kissimmee Patrol Officer Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Bill Gentry, Highlands County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Clay Zerba, New Clay Zerba, Clay County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Natalie Corona, LA County Sheriff's Department, De- Deputy Natalie, uh, I'm sorry, April Rodriguez, uh, Philadelphia Police Pasco County Sheriff's Department, Officer Bob McKetchen, 
Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Sergeant Brian Levake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Mike Malik, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10-7 at this time, at some time we're going to be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sun shine lightly on your feet. face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your family always in the palm of his hand. Good night, God bless, and have a great week.
County Dispatch in 1999. All units be advised, 1999 is responded to his last emergency. May God rest his soul.